Hi, my name is Scott Schweitzer and I am the Clydesdale. My friends Amy Radowski, Charlie Yodi, Kat Shear love fitness as a sport as much as I do. We are all 40 plus Masters Age athletes who give all we have to lead a healthy, active life. We also want to bring you athlete interviews, human interest stories, and all the news surrounding the sport of fitness. If you like what you hear, consider giving us a five-star rating and writing a review. We are also available with full video on YouTube at the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast, as well as all traditional podcast platforms. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Clydesdale underscore fitness and friends. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. My name is Scott Schweitzer. I am the Clydesdale. I am your host and we love to do fitness and these are my friends. Uh, today we have a, a little mishmash of my friends, not the normal crew, uh, but we have Patrick Clark from the Morning Chalk Up. We have my normal friend, Amy. Hey. Well, kind of normal. And then we have, <laughs> and then we have our sponsor Dave Newman from RX Mark here, who is quickly becoming a great friend. Awesome, appreciate it. So what we're going to do is we're going to open the show. This is our monthly visit with Dave, and so I I want him to share with all of you his experience at this year's games. I know Dave has been to you've been to like almost all of them, correct? Well, since 2010, yeah, I didn't make the original Aromas games, uh, but since 2010 on, yeah, everyone. And so this year was kind of a disappointment because you weren't going to be actually at the games, but you found a way to wiggle your way kind of in and, and to help out as well. And so do you want to explain to everybody what, what you did this year? Yeah, you know, and I, it's funny you say that because I didn't want it to feel like I was wiggling in um, to go. It was just uh, uh, circumstances that lined up. But um, so uh, really good friends of ours, uh, uh, Katie Wells and her husband, Rand Wells, they run Rosie Joe Meals, which is a, uh, a meal prep company out of Texas. They're the crew that feeds us when we're at Power Monkey Camp uh, twice, a, twice a year for an entire week. Um, they feed us and they're just phenomenal. So they were awarded the contract to feed the games, basically, like everybody inside the bubble um, up in Aromas, um, you know, they, their crew prepared every meal, uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So, um, you know, they're coming from Texas and, and driving out in their sprinter van, and they knew I was in Southern California, and, and uh, we were at camp, and they, uh, they actually, you know, ran it by me, and and I said, well, if you need any help, you know, just kind of throwing it out there as a friend, you know, like, if you need any help, you know, I'm not too far away. And they jumped on it and said, we'd love to have you come up. Um, you know, we need somebody to help run food because the crew is pretty much preparing all the meals and uh, they needed dedicated um, people that could, you know, load it up in our vehicles and transport them um, to both locations, the Morgan Hill location and the ranch. Uh, even even when all, a lot of the events were happening at Morgan Hill, there was still a lot of staff at the ranch prepping and doing things there. Um, so we were delivering meals there. So, yeah, I was, I was basically Uber Eats for the week uh, with those guys delivering meals to everybody. And um, so kind of, uh, kind of there, but on the outside, you know, we, we were outside the bubble technically because the, the commercial kitchen 
um, that they had to, to lease out was off premises. Um, but it was just, yeah, a ton of fun. And, you know, it's, you're still in and around it and, you know, get to see everybody. I got to see a lot of the athletes, you know, who, who I'm friends with, I got to see them from a little distance and give them a wave and, uh, you know, cheer them on before they started off uh, on their events. So, um, so super cool. Yeah. That was, it was my 11th, 11th games in a row. So I was excited. And the sacrifices, the there was crazy hours. They were crazy hours, man. I tell you, uh, Katie and her crew, uh, they were up at two thirty a.m. every morning, um, out the door by three, in the in the kitchen by three thirty, you know, getting the meals prepped, and uh, they were preparing, um, you know, two hundred to two hundred fifty healthy, delicious meals every day, um, every meal service, you know, and and basically had a really cool organized, you know, assembly line getting, once they had the food prepared, we would have to plate every meal individually, cap them, go into a uh, transport box. Um, and, uh, and then we would load them up in our, in our respective vans. And uh, one van would drive 40 miles one direction and the other van would drive 40 miles the other direction uh, to deliver. And, you know, and then we'd re reverse course and uh, do it all over again for each meal service. So, um, so yeah, it was, uh, we were pretty busy the whole time, but it was worthwhile. What a neat, neat crew to hang out with. It was neat to do something completely out of my, my element, you know? So. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, and it's cool just to be a part of it. Well, one of the other reasons we always like to have you on is to talk about the products that you guys have. Um, and I know you wanted to, to show off a couple of products other than just the original RX smart gear jump rope. Oh yeah, um, yeah. It caught me off guard. Actually, I have one. I think one here. But we, yeah, we had a release. Um, actually, this was a banner year for us to have um, quite a few releases of products. Um, I think we started off with uh, the Alex Smith grip, uh, his second version. And for people that aren't familiar, you know, uh, Alec, you know, was a former gymnast, and we've become real close friends. And you know, um, a, a while back, I said, hey, you know, let's you design a grip that you like from start to finish. What do you? What would you want to use? And so we, we collaborated on that and he developed his, uh, his first generation Alex Smith grip, which was the first grip on the market that didn't have any kind of finger attachment. You know, you mm -hmm. literally just flap it over the bar and your mm -hmm. body weight holds it in place. And, um, uh, and that's how he was using grips anyway, you know, just store-bought grips. So uh, yeah, so we got together and designed with mostly his input, a little bit of my influence and, and came up with a pretty, pretty awesome product that, that was well-received. Um, and, uh, and so what we did was refined it, made it better, you know, looks for areas that we could improve it. Um, I apologize. I don't have, I don't have some here, but, um, uh, they're, they're on our website, but so those are, um, really doing well. People are really excited about them, uh, much more improved. People had issues or complaints about the sizing on the first run. Um, they were expecting to see a really long grip, like a traditional grip is a lot longer. These are not designed that way. Um, but, you know, trying to get people on board and to understand new things was a little bit of a challenge. So we kind of met halfway. We gave people a little bit more length on the new version, uh, which would make them happy, a little bit longer, a little bit wider, um, and add a couple other cool features. So, so those are cool. Those, those are the 2.0s. So just um, to give you some real-world feedback, uh, one, of, one of the women in our gym ordered those. Uh, okay. Just the, the version one loves them. Awesome. Uh, we had another person on the podcast say they were the best grips that they've ever used. Oh, that's awesome. I love hearing that. You know, I love hearing that, but the thing about grips is it's, they're very much a personal thing. You know, um, 
we, we when we're at the games or at these big events, say, sanctions or whatever, um, you know, people will come up and they'll try them on. And, you know, we have four different versions of grips and they're all different, you know, for kind of different fields. Um, and, and some people will love them and some people just don't, you know, they're not super ecstatic about them and they like the other brands that are out there, which is totally fine. There's a lot of great products out there. Um, so re yeah, really it's a, it's kind of a, a, a neat personal thing, but we, you know, I come from a gymnastics background and, and, you know, the one thing that I really put into the grips is that if they're not comfortable first and foremost, I mean, they're supposed to protect you, you know, try and keep you from tearing. They're supposed to help you hang onto the bar a little bit longer and, and create the, the grip. But if they're not comfortable first and foremost, people won't wear them. That's my experience. So, um, you know, where we might give up a little bit in durability or, or other factors, you know, we make up for in comfort because we want people to enjoy them, you know, while they're using them. So that, that's kind of our priority going in. Um, so, yeah, super stoked about those. And thanks, thanks for those kind words and, and reviews. Um, well, what I uh, think is interesting too, is I, I could see there being a big rise in, in interest for that kind of product right now, because, you know, I've been a follower for CrossFit for a long time, but never noticed until this year that some of the athletes were doing it that way. Yeah. Uh, but I think just because it was so highlighted, because number one, a lot of things were just virtually and we had, you know, more kind of close-ups of just Matt or just Tia doing one workout at a time. Right. But I think it was like, oh, well, that's a good idea because I don't like it when it gaps like this and maybe I could try it that way. So, so I could see yeah. that definitely um, sparking some more interest in buyers um, and athletes right now too. Absolutely. Yeah. People that love them. Um, yeah. They're just, they're just all about them. And you know, the funny thing is, is the, when, when grips attach on your fingers one way or another, whether it's holes or a lot of our grips have elastic loops. Um, but when, when grips attach at two points, so your fingers and your wrist, the minute you close your grip, you're going to create that extra flap of material, right? That's just, that's just physics. It's going to happen. But that's supposed to happen. And you're, you know, you're supposed to know how to position that fold all the way out towards your fingertips. So when you break your grips in and you learn how to uh, approach the bar properly and get the material pushed out towards your fingertips, it actually locks you on the bar better. Mm. And so we always say more fold, more hold. So grips that have a fold, uh, like we have a grip that has, we'll have the way it's designed, we'll have two folds in it. And it creates a nice little latch when you're on the bar. The less fold you have, the less hold, but it's faster. So we say less fold, more go. And so the ones that just flap over, those just have very seamless transitions. You don't have to think about it. You can't miss, you just hop on and go. Um, so that's the benefit to those for sure. But yeah, having that, that big flap of fold and knowing how to position it is huge. And when you do it right, it's, it's amazing. Like honestly, because I'm, I'm old and getting weak and I prefer, I prefer having fold, you know, when I, when I uh, get on the bars. So, um, yeah, it's very personal, but no, that's a great, great observation. Um, so the uh, Smith grips were our first release. Then we came out with um, our RX air mat, which was the world's first inflatable jumping mat uh, made to, you know, jump rope on. Right. And um, you know, it's, it's intended for um, a kind of uh, absorbing some of the impact for people who have joint issues um, or aches and pains. Uh, it also is phenomenal to, you know, give you a little bit more lift. So, you know, people that are, training and learning and trying to just develop their skill um airtime is their best friend 
you know, the more time they can spend in the air, um, that allows everything to slow down and they start developing better timing and awareness. So, so the RX air mat, you know, gives people a, a nice little boost to get in the air, uh, which is nicely transferable. I was, I get the question. People think, well, is that going to mess you up when you go back to a hard floor? And uh, the answer is no, absolutely not. Uh, reason being is that, you know, you spend the time on the air mat to get more reps in without beating yourself up. But what it's helping you do is refine your timing. So when you get back to a hard floor, you just have to readjust to, you know, your bounce on a hard floor, but now your timing is improved, right? So once you've developed that skill of, of timing and placement of the rope, uh, that's what compensates for that lack of height. And that's what we're after. And, we, and we've, been, we've been teaching that way and using that format for a decade now. because we've, we've always used spring floors in our training facility, like actual gymnastic spring floors. We have sections of them that we would put out and put athletes on them to train singles, doubles, and triples. And then once they get the timing and the awareness, then we bring them back to the floor and it, it transfers over pretty quickly. So, um, yeah, so the air mat, it's really compact, you know, you can, you can just, it's like, it's really like a mini air mattress, right? But it's much more durable and rigid. And so um, when you pump it up and step on it, it feels, it can feel pretty hard. But once you start bouncing and use that same type of uh, plyometric bound, uh, it really gives you a nice lift. And uh, it, it's a, a, a great, great tool. So we're really excited about that. We, we brought those out and had a limited run uh, initially, just because it's kind of a more expensive product that, just under 300 bucks, sold out within a week. It was amazing. So, uh, so we're excited about that. Um, and uh, which we have another shipment on its way. So hopefully we stocked it before Christmas uh, on those. Um, uh, and then the last thing that we got out was our, um, our Gen 2 Evo. So our Evo being our really high-end, very expensive speed rope. Uh, we made some refinements to that, which, uh, um, you know, just you know, it's my favorite one thus far. So I'm really stoked about it. Um, you know, we just, we changed the, the shape of it, improved it, improved the, the texturing by adding some knurling. Uh, we redesigned the, all of the internal mechanisms to make them even more stout and, uh, and dependable. Um, and, and the performance is just second to, to none. I mean, we're, we're super stoked about that one. And they come in these, they come in these really cool, pouches that uh, we had designed from scratch. So I uh, spent, I feel like almost as much time designing the pouch as we did um, the actual jump rope, but just to kind of give you a little. That's peek. sweet. So uh, thanks. Yeah, these are, these are super fun. So, you know, it's a real high end product. It's, uh, it's the most expensive jump rope on the market. And we don't, we don't make any apologies about that. I mean, it, it is what it is. If nobody needs one by any means, um, but if you can afford it and you want one, why not have it? You know, it's the Ferrari of jump ropes and, um, yeah, and it's just, it's just nice to see how far we can push the envelope. So, um, so those, those have been phenomenal. Really excited about those. Yeah. And just to remind our listeners, you know, we have a promo code Clydesdale 15, all caps, uh, gets you 15% off everything in the store except for new releases and special editions. Uh, so make sure that you use that if you're hitting that com. Um, so the last thing I kind of want to talk about uh, before we let you go is tomorrow your family is headed to Hawaii. We are out to Kauai. Yep. Yep. We're going to go visit. Uh, go ahead. And you, you worked with the, um, I'm going to try to get this right this time. I swear the key Ki Kiala foundation. 
That's it. Good job. Okay. I've donated before, so now at least I can say it right. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so for people that don't know, the Kiala Foundation uh, was, was created by Aaron Hoff, who is a, a, a local, uh, born and raised out in Kauai. And, uh, you know, Aaron suffered from addiction early on in his life. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, he had it pretty bad. And, and um, you know, it almost, almost took his life. And, you know, he turned it around 20 years ago. And um, he found CrossFit. Um, so he's been sober and clean for, yeah, 20 plus years now, I think going on 22 years. Um, but he found CrossFit about six or so years ago, maybe more. And, you know, um, CrossFit was a great therapy, a great um, substitute. You know, it's a great thing to get addicted to, get addicted to health and fitness and, and all those things. Um, and so he saw the power, the, really the power in the community and the mentorship. Um, as well as the fitness aspect of it. And so he started creating um, nonprofit affiliates on the island that um, offer free CrossFit to any, any child on the island, no matter where you live. Um, and uh, he started off very grassroots. It was just something he got the idea to do. And, and um, just, you know, you know, Aaron cracks me up because, he, you know, he says that, you know, the best plan is no plan. They just start. They just take a first step and just figure it out as they go. Um, and so, you know, they have three amazing um, communities out there on the island now uh, with, uh, with their three gyms and um, free CrossFit to any kid that's 17 or under on the island. And, you know, they, they literally now, it, it's gotten to a point, it's, it's so organized with the help of uh, uh, Juan Carlos and Sarah Bronsdorf and people on their team that, um, you know, they have... Uh, 15 passenger vans that will drive around the island and pick kids up at their school bus stop or at their home and drive them to the gyms and put them through workouts. Um, you know, they, they feed them a healthy meal with one of their food prep partners, um, give them some positive mentorship and, and uh, spiritual guidance, and they put them back on the bus and take them home. And, you know, people think the island is, you know, paradise. Uh, which it is for those of us that go visit and we're there for you know a short period of time it's paradise um for people that live there daily um you know they get pretty bored they get pretty um sedentary and and uh and it's kind of become a thing where they could fall into drug use alcohol use you name it and so um so aaron's program is, is pretty awesome they started the ultimate hawaiian trail run uh about five years ago and again, a grassroots thing that he didn't know how he was going to pull it off and how it was going to turn out. And, you know, the first trail run, I think, had, you know, 60 people participate. Um, and then uh, it just slowly, you know, grew as more people found out about the program um, and got involved and got behind it. I mean, people like, I mean, even, you know, CrossFit, CrossFit got behind it and started supporting it. We support it. The Power Monkey crew, uh, Aerobic Capacity, uh, just all these different, you know, uh, companies and business owners and groups got behind it. And, and so the last trail run that was in person last year, 2019, I think we had 1,400 people from around the world show up to participate in the trail run, uh, which was just amazing to see that kind of growth. Um, and this year, because of COVID, they, they decided to run it virtually, um, which was really, really cool because everybody that signed up still got a race bib. And, uh, you know, in a swag bag with some different, you know, um, trail run, um, trail run branded gear and, uh, and got to run it 
in their own home city or state, you know, wherever they were. Um, so that was really cool. Um, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna go out and spend some time with those guys. We we try and get out there a couple times a year um, to to sit down with them and and just game plan and and make sure that we're helping the best we can. Um, so we're, we're gonna take the opportunity to get out there uh, for four or five days and um, uh, and hopefully get up to the North Shore and see uh, Bethany Hamilton's foundation is another group that we we like to support as well um, with her friends of Bethany. Um, foundation and her um, uh, beautifully flawed retreat that she puts on every year uh, for, for um, girls with a some type of a limb difference um, so that's another uh, great program but yeah a lot of good vibes in Ohana on the island yeah <clears throat> it's great that you guys are taking part in all of that <clears throat> so the last thing I want to talk about is we have talked about this it started on games weekend that uh, our podcast wanted to get to a thousand subscribers on YouTube. Yeah. When you hit a thousand subscribers, it allows you to do so much more. Uh, you have the ability to go live from different events, things like that. And Games Weekend, we really wanted to kind of go live and do some commentary of the games, but we couldn't because we don't have enough subscribers. So I reached out to Dave and uh, he has agreed to sponsor this kind of giveaway that we're doing in our road to a thousand. And that is every time we hit a new century mark, we're going to give away an RX jump rope, the original RX jump rope. You get to pick the colors, you get to pick the, the thickness of the rope. Um, but we want to give away a rope every, every hundred new subscribers we get. The key to that is you have to be a public profile. When you subscribe, hit that subscribe button. If you're public, I get to see your name. And so that way we can draw from those names and give away that jump rope every hundred subscribers. And so we are super stoked about this. Uh, we wanted to do something fun with it. And Dave and his team came up with this kind of concept and we're really excited to keep moving forward with that. Yeah. We're excited to help you along with that. And something I didn't tell you, but I might as well, I might as well put it out there. We're going to throw some other little goodies in there. We're not going to say what they are, but, uh, and it may be different every single time, but whoever, uh, whoever wins is going to get some extra little stuff in there. So it should be oh, fun. That's awesome. And so make sure you hit that subscribe button, tell your friends, tell your family, because the faster we get to the next century mark, the next time we draw for another rope and you're, you're involved, whether you are the first subscriber or the thousandth subscriber, you're still eligible to win uh, in these in these giveaways. So uh, we will draw names as, as we climb up through there. So thank you so much, Dave, for you and RX uh, sponsoring this. Uh, we're really excited. Thanks for having me. It's always good hanging out with you guys. Hope yeah, and, the week. and it, before we say goodbye, if I believe I read somewhere, you are a veteran? You know, I'm, I'm not. My, uh, I, was, I was a brat. I was a military brat. So my dad okay. grew, up, grew up on bases. My father was career, career military. Wow. But we do know Patrick is a veteran, or he's not a veteran. He's still serving. And so we want to make sure that we tell everybody who serves a happy Veterans Day um, and thank them for their service uh, because we are recording this on 11-11, Veterans Day 2020. Absolutely. Yeah, happy Veterans Day. And thanks again for your service. It's huge. Pleasure. Well, thank yeah. It's just as much of being a family member of a service uh, service member is just as, just as important. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah, my, uh, my dad was a veteran and we just had his memorial service last weekend. 
and uh the, he we had the full honor guard and the oh, 21 nice. gun salute and uh it was really special and uh it, you're right you know once you're in the service it's a family <laughs> and and they took care of my family uh during that that special time with for my dad oh it's wonderful so happy veterans day to all veterans and all who have served uh we appreciate you so much and thank Absolutely. you dave and we'll we'll catch up with you soon I'm sure we'll talk before next month, but uh, you'll be back on in a month. I'm, I'm sure. Looking forward to it, guys. All right. Good luck in See Hawaii. You. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye. All right. Love Dave, man. He is so supportive <laughs> as a sponsor of this podcast, uh, and he brings so much to the CrossFit community. Uh, always glad to have him on. So we're going to go down through our agenda for our weekly roundtable. Uh, this is a fun day for me. Why are you tapping your head, Amy? I don't know. I'm just excited. That's all. Okay. All right. Um, today is my CrossFit anniversary. For those of you who didn't see uh, the CrossFit documentary that was done, uh, 11, 11, 11 was my first day of CrossFit uh, with the workout Murph, uh, which I did in a scaled version. Uh, but this year's been pretty rocky road for me with health stuff. And uh, I just, within the last week, got my pick line removed from my arm. And now my arm is healed. And today I was cleared to go work out. And so I went to Amy's class today. And did a very, what I thought would be kind of an easy step in, uh, 30, 20, 10 of air squats and dumbbell hang power snatches man i was breathing hard hard it was my cardio is so bad after 15 weeks of uh that pick line so i am i'm ready to get some cardio back good yeah uh but you know crossfit saved my life and crossfit has done so much for me that i love celebrating the anniversary every year and and thanking all of those people that were there along that journey, which includes Amy, who uh, was has been a partner on in competitions with mm -hmm. me uh, on the team series we did together a couple years. You, I uh, mean, you might call it a partnership. Sometimes it's a little bit of a dictatorship. Yeah, more <laughs> you dictating what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, pick up the bar. Let's go. Uh, and Patrick, who I've met at different events and, you know, was someone who guided me through my first year of judging and, you know, just cool stuff like that. That's been, been so awesome ever since I found this sport. And I just, uh, I appreciate it every year. And, and shred CrossFit. Um, that was where you did the first Murph workout on that day, but I'm remembering on my first day at shred CrossFit. Oh no, it wasn't my first day, but it was Memorial day that you and I got to do Murph together. We did. We shared the same pull-up bar. Shared the same pull-up bar. That's right. Back when you could share stuff before. Yeah, before COVID. Before COVID. Yeah. Yeah. You were still using it faster than I was, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Clydesdales do not like pull-ups. Just saying. Yeah. So let's get into some of the news of the day. And, and uh, the, the first couple stories I have here are really a resource out of the morning chalk up. I want to give them credit for. Uh, the research that they did. But the first thing is that CrossFit is 
CrossFit LLC, I think is what they're going by now, um, are lobbying in DC uh, to, for gyms and fitness centers uh, to be able to get a grant uh, to help during this, this troubled time in, in CrossFit. And so it's the Health and Fitness Recovery Act. Uh, it is a $30 billion, it's $30 billion in grants for gyms and fitness centers. Um, and this is really the first time CrossFit has represented the community as a whole in DC, other than some personal interest stuff that by the former CEO. So any thoughts about that? That's, that's a big step uh, from just a year ago where CrossFit was and now under new ownership, uh, joining with other gyms and fitness centers uh, to lobby for a bill. Well, it's just, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. I mean, we, we, you and I talked earlier about how our former CEO, you know, was not very into necessarily government involvement, um, but also wanting to stick it to big, to the big business as far as like the, you know, Pepsi, Coca-Cola, that kind of stuff. And so then, to, you know, fast forward to this new CEO and this is lobbying something um, for that. So it's just kind of, you know, a, a pretty stark difference between those. Patrick, any thoughts? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not surprised at all. Um, you know, Eric Rosa, you know, when he said in his first town hall about how they're anticipating, I mean, obviously he believes the science. He believes in the science of the pandemic. He he's hired he hired someone specifically for that to kind of advise him, um, not just him, but advise advise CrossFit um, in terms of what what path, what direction, what uh, way forward um, the the industry is going. And um, it's also, I mean, it's not it's not just the science, but it's also the politics of it all. And I hate to use the word politics, but we know um, the pandemic, COVID, has turned into a political thing. So. Um, you know, you're looking at some gyms that are are right now being threatened to shut down again. Um, we're seeing that already in some other states. I know before we went on your air, you guys discussed that that Ohio has a big decision coming in in a week. Um, Illinois, we got hit. Well, not I, I mean, I I live in St. Louis, but I, I work for the National Guard in Illinois. But every every day we we get a brief from the governor and we see the numbers and illinois had its largest you know um um largest total of those who've tested positive for covid as well as hospitalizations so um you know but at the end of the day there's businesses on the line and it's been a terrible year to be a, a, a um an owner of a box across not just the us but the country i mean the world so there's got to be some type of financial relief for that. And I know like you had Loud and Live, you had CrossFit, they've all done fundraisers to do that, but there's just so much out there and it's just, just there's got to be something to help, not just small businesses, but, but, you know, health specific that depend on members actually being there. Well, you guys have run one story and one coffee talk uh, in the last week that show kind of the, and the end of what could happen, like CrossFit San Francisco has been around forever. Mm -hmm. Kelly and Juliet Sturette have run that business. I mean, that's where Adrian Bosman first went to a CrossFit gym, yep. you know, and they, they're closed. Mm -hmm. 
because because of this pandemic. And then you have CrossFit San Jose, which you guys ran a story about, I believe either today or yesterday, that they have are going virtual indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Because when they reopened the doors, only 27 of their over 300 members felt it safe enough to come back. Sure. We've, we've had that at our, my own box here where we've opened up and we've, uh, we've limited class sizes and stuff like that. But we have some members who still don't feel like it's safe to come. And that's great. I mean, that's great. Not, not great, but that's their own prerogative. But because of that, we've, we've been able, our gym, we've been able to turn that into a positive in terms of um, we've offered online classes just for those members and given that option um, to those members as well. And I think those, that membership's up to like 20 people. And because of that, they've had to hire another coach just to teach that class. So, which has been good because, you know, obviously there's not many CrossFit coaching jobs out there right now. Um, but conversely, you talked about those, those two gyms. I mean, you also have a gym like with, with like Solus who, yeah, they're not a 10 year affiliate. They've been around for I think over six years, but they're well known in New York city. And they had to close, they had to shutter their doors as well. And that, that's the gym that Alex Smith, um, you know, that Cody Mooney was a coach at. They've had a lot of athletes. Um, they depended a lot of their income came from drop-ins and obviously no one's traveling to New York city. And, and when people are traveling, they're not, you know, they're not going to do CrossFit because there aren't any gyms open. So it, it, it sucks yeah. all the way around. We have been really lucky that our members and our gym uh, together have been so supportive of each other that we haven't seen a huge dip in membership not coming back. Yeah, we've uh, had new, we have new members coming all the time. Yeah. Um, we've been very fortunate that our membership has actually increased tremendously, um, not just for the on, uh, online classes, but also our live classes. But uh, on the same side, we've seen a, quite a few gyms in the St. Louis area close down. Um, and, um, you know, I mean, shoot, our gym, we actually bought the equipment from one of the gyms that closed down. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because obviously equipment's hard to come by too. <laughs> so it's benefited us. And because of that, some of the members have came over to us as well. And that's an unfortunate thing. But I mean, you know, luckily my gym isn't one of those gyms where we've struggled. You know, we've had, we have really good ownership and they've really been able to work around it. And, and then also on top of that, I think gyms have really, they need to take advantage of some of these programs. Like when O2 was um, offering to pay memberships, you know, for sticking around, you know, giving those gift cards up. I mean, there's, there's a lot of those out there. I mean, we've written about them as well on the morning chalka, but uh, um, those gyms, they really need to get more involved and start, try to get their members to be included in that because it could ultimately not only help the members, but also help the gym as well. Right. Yeah. They're running one right now for November. Uh, I can't remember the exact hashtag, uh, yeah. but I just got my O2 order yesterday and it had the the card in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're running one right now. Mm-hmm. So check that out. So let's, um, I don't want to be Debbie Downer all night. So let's move into, we just finished a pretty freaking awesome CrossFit Games, uh, considering everything that we've been through this year. And you guys published a story this morning about, I think that Justin wrote it, talking about none of this is official and we we want to make sure that that is perfectly clear as we we move forward in this discussion uh because it has already caused a stir uh social media that i got involved in this this afternoon (laughs) 
Um, none of this is official. This is just stuff that has been heard by many sources. Yeah. Uh, Justin has been around for a while. Obviously, you know, you don't start a morning, the morning chalk up, you know, the leading source of news in the, in the industry uh, without knowing people and knowing people within, within the community. And he has very reliable sources. And uh, you know, when just, Justin's not going to put write something, I mean, and put it up there if it's not, you know, solid. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we interviewed Justin. I, you get the vibe. You know, he knows when it's appropriate to to say something and when it's not. Yes. Yeah, um, so, so, so while it's transparent, what is it that he said? All right. So here's what he said, and it's a lot. The thing we know for sure is February 18th is the start of the open. Yep. That is that is actually official. Uh, but the open is no longer going to be a qualifier for the CrossFit Games. Correct. Most likely no national champions that that is probably a done thing as well um the way it's going to work is the open is going to be a qualifier to get to a sanctional there will be about a dozen sanctionals around the world that after the open you will qualify for one of those no flexibility of picking which one you want to go to based on your seed and your region and where you are you'll be placed at a sanctional uh, very much like the regional concept. Mm -hmm. They will take, uh, it is looking like these are the numbers that he provided five North American sanctionals, three European, one Australian, one Asian, one Africa, one South America. Yeah. Athletes that will come out of those sanctionals will be about 25 from North America, 15 Europe, three Australia, three South America, and Africa and Asia will get one each. Um, then after those sanctionals are done, there will be some last chance sanctionals where you can sign up for and try to qualify through there. That appears to be the qualification for the CrossFit Games. Either the where you were assigned, you finish, it looks like top five, top three, top one, depending on what region you're in. Um, you go to the games or you sign up for a last chance and make it in that way. But then how many will they choose from those last chance? Do we know? Details were not provided in the article this morning. Yeah. It's unknown at this time. Sure. But uh, with it, be, I mean, my, my speculation is it being a last chance, um, it'd probably just be whoever won. Um, because, you know, obviously one reason why they're not giving the national champions a direct path to the games is because they don't want to have 180, well, actually, you can count both men and men, men and women, over 300 athletes at the games. Um, so that way you still keep the number down. You still keep that number manageable to, you know, roughly – 50 to 60 um, for the games for each division. Um, yeah, yeah I, I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, you know, like I said, I, I you know, being I, I've, I've witnessed both sides and I've seen the positives for both sides. But on top of it, I don't know. I'm, I'm a big believer. I, I love the sanctional format in terms of, you know, gives athletes a chance to compete when they're ready to compete. Um, we've heard it so many times, like, 
you know, from athletes. I mean, especially with the regional formats, like if you're sick or if you're hurt yourself prior to that, or you hurt yourself at that regionals, your season is done. Yeah. So all that training you did for that whole year is done. You're, 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 you're done. Um, and that's what I liked about the sanctionals is like, you know, you know, if you weren't ready or you, you can choose when you want to peak and then you go and compete. And if you didn't win there, you didn't get your chance, then you can try another one. And, and I also liked how like some of the backfill status introduces some of these athletes. If you think about it, if it wasn't for the backfill, we wouldn't have been able to see some of these athletes uh, compete in the last two years. Um, you know, we wouldn't have seen Chandler Smith compete last year at the games if it wasn't for the backfill process. Um, I, I do agree that the, I think I do like how the open is a pathway. It's not a qualifier. I, I, I love that. Um, I mean, I love that. I, that's what I think it should be, you know, I, a la the regionals. And, and I think it also brings, <clears throat> it brings everything back under the, the house, the CrossFit, you know, realm. Um, they're actually going to be running this now. Um, so. Yeah, I think, I, cause we had O'Keefe on like last week. Mm -hmm. Yes. Was it, or we actually just released a Monday. Yeah. Um, but he, uh, you know, it's like they have a little bit of CrossFit's being smart because they're having partners run the, these events for them, reducing their expenditures, letting the, the people run it how they know to make money. Um, but yet still kind of having some control over the format and the events, I believe. Yeah. Which we don't know. That hasn't been you know answered either as well i mean yeah. the part of the uniqueness of the sanctionals was that you know was that they they were unique they they had different programming they brought something that was like i mean like for instance norway when you're running through like the snow up mountains on ski slopes i mean uh, i don't know i think there's a happy medium between the both i just don't know if it's you know, like I, said, I don't know the details. I would like to like to see some of these sanctionals keep their identity, but at the same time, see some some standard events that you can judge all the other athletes by. Um, so the one thing that he put in there that I thought was the coolest part of this whole thing was the concept of a triple crown, mm -hmm. and that is that there would be three big money events that kind of fall outside the CrossFit season. They are the biggest payouts that we currently have in the CrossFit world. And if someone were to win all three of those, there would be a bigger pot for them waiting at the end. And that would be what Justin described as it would be Rogue. Dubai. Dubai and Wadapalooza. And that to me sounds like that's the kind of exciting event that you want to have in the off season to kind of keep your, your, your mouth watering a little bit. And if you know what I mean, just to kind of keep that passion for the sport um, and not like overload it with sanctions. I think the good thing with this, this plan is a, a shrunken season, a true CrossFit season where you're trying to qualify for the games. Um, in order for, in order for the, the sport to evolve, to become a serious sport, you need athletes that are CrossFit athletes full-time. 
In order to do that, you must have a longer season or have more opportunities for them to earn money. So that's why the regional format wasn't good, particularly good for, for athletes because you only had regionals and games. If you didn't make the games, you had regionals. Um, you saw a lot more athletes the last two years become professional CrossFitters because there was other opportunities for them to win money and make money. A shorter season and less events doesn't, doesn't allow that to happen. Thus, you don't have as many athletes being full-time athletes. And and, that, unless that, you're supplementing it. Just like golf does with, you have the PGA Tour, and then you have the FedEx Cup. Yes, but now, granted, the FedEx Cup has multiple events. It's not just two or three events. Right. And maybe we start with the triple crown of the three, and then, but there could be more coming along with that. Yeah, there could be. But, I mean, looking at sanctions, there weren't other sanctions where they weren't huge payouts. There weren't some of the other ones. Outside of those three you named, I mean, I think after that, I think Strength and Dev had a pretty decent payout. They paid about 20000 uh Granite Games. But I think some of those probably fall under the sanctional window. But um, I, I just I, – I think – like you know, most sports, professional sports have, they have like a nine month season. So for nine months that allows athletes, whether it be baseball, football, you know, whatever, it allows them that time to earn money. Um, if you stick to this regional sanction, and that's the thing, we don't know if all these are, all these sanctionals are going to happen at the same time, like they did regionals, like within a month period, or are they going to be right. spread out? I guess it really doesn't matter because you don't get the athletes don't get to pick and choose which events they go to. We don't know if that, um, you know, we don't know if that uh, last chance is going to have a prize purse. Uh, we don't know. I mean, there, there's a lot of questions and there's a lot, I mean, hopefully we'll get to hear those as, as we get closer um, hopefully by the end, uh, but you know, we'll have a, a season mapped out by the end of the year because I mean, the open starts February 18th. Yeah. I guess like from an athlete perspective, if you look back at regionals, so everybody, even though it's, you know, week after week, everybody's, um, doing the same workouts. Mm -hmm. So with the sanctionals though, there, there's that freedom and, and the liberties for those to be different things as a spectator. That's a little bit more interesting because, wow, I'm going to get to watch these athletes perform different tasks and different things. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I think there's, you know, certainly some continuity as far as, okay, well, they all earned their spot because they all did these exact same workouts, but then it's like, but guess what? CrossFit is about preparing for anything and not specializing. Yeah. So there really is, yeah, there's just this, I see pros and cons like, like you do yeah. that of that. I mean, if you look at that way, I mean, I mean, I guess the best model, I mean, we've said this before, is like the PGA Tour or tennis. And what you know about those, those, the big, the big events they have are, I mean, um, what the thing that's changing is the course or the, the, the tennis court, you know, um, obviously with the tennis, you have grass, clay, you know, the clay of, um, of the French Open and you have the, the asphalt of Australia and then the grass, you know, of, of the British um open but um i think i think that's what brings other fans out to enjoy i mean if i'm just going to go if for me if, when i cover these sports i'm going to be covering the same if they if they do keep the same workouts you know if i go to one sanctional to the next it's going to be i'm going to be seeing the same thing and probably the same exact type of setup in terms of inside some type of auditorium or facility that caters to that 
but it's just going to be different people. Um, that's one of the beauties of golf is the golf courses. You know, people go out there, they want to see the stars, but they also, they, it's the ambiance of the, 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 the area. And that's what makes Wadapalooza so unique um, is, you know, it's just that whole vibe that, 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 that area that they have there. They use, they utilize the water. They utilize every little bit part, every little bit of that area that they have reserved. Um, the same with Rogue. That's what I loved about Rogue that one year they had it is that they, they created something right there on their campus, yeah. including track that they ran around with, you know, with carts at, you know, um, th that, that's fun stuff as a spectator and also watching it on, on online too. But yeah. Yeah. I think there's still a whole lot that needs to be ironed out. This is yeah. like an, a neat little framework to kind of have discussions like we're having. <clears throat> but at least they're talking and, and at least I think it's, they're trying to make more sense of it. Yeah. Because I do agree with everybody that you can't have, well, if a, then B, but not if D and then E slides to, to S and you know, that to figure out who goes to the games, you know, and it's going to, it's going to change again too. the 2022 season will be different than 2021 season. I mean, there's not a perfect model out there. You would like it, but you know, you're learning. I mean, you even saw them in the regional formats. They change regionals almost like every other year. It seemed like there was like a different change. So. Yeah. The, the one thing I'll add at the end is something O'Keefe said to us is um, it's okay. If, if their sanctional is not in the game season. Of course. You know, they're going to have, they're going to have other opportunities with other things. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we talked to, to James Hobart, which we have not released yet, but he's like, be patient because it's going to take a couple of years for this to get to where we want it to be. Sure. COVID is still around. COVID is still floating out there and it's going to put a, a crink in whatever we're, we're trying to do. Yeah. And it, I mean, it all starts with the open. But now we're looking on February 18th, but there's a possibility that might not even happen. It's think true. about, think yeah. about all, of, all of Europe is pretty much shut down again. Mm -hmm. Canada so just started now. on a worldwide open if people can't even get to a gym. Yep. So, and that might even happen to us. So like I said, everything's in, everything's kind of in flux right now. So, I mean, it's good. It's great to see these, these dates and I want to be optimistic as possible because Granted, I don't want to cover sports from, you know, I'm kind of tired of covering online competitions. I like to see more live competitions. Um, it's just more fun for me. And I'm sure, it's, I'm sure everyone agrees to that, but we'll see. Um, you know, it's ever changing. I think right now we're very fortunate that we have leadership in place in CrossFit that sees that. And that's what I'm most thankful about because, you know, we have the right people making these decisions and they're open and, they, they trust what's out there and they'll make the right decisions based on the community because they haven't done right now under the new leadership, everything has been, been great. We got a games, yeah. you know, right. under the old regime, I don't think we would have had a games at all. So, um, so the next thing on my agenda is not on your agenda. Cause I wanted to surprise you a little bit. Uh, but uh, at the end of stage one, Patrick got to interview the goats and so I want to hear from you just briefly um, what that was like, the opportunity that you had to sit down with, prob with definitely the greatest female CrossFitter of all time. And I am convinced now the greatest male CrossFitter of all time. Um, what was that like? 
Well, uh, it caught me by surprise. Um, I remember going into that weekend, I told Justin and our crew that I was going to, I was going to head, head down to that Nashville, um, just for fun. Um, not, you know, I was going to go down regardless. And the reason why is because, you know, my, my, in a perfect world, my, my ideal was to cover Matt, Tia, Samuel Cornier and, uh, Haley in Cookville one day and then head over to Nashville on Saturday and cover Brooke. So you have, you have all those athletes all competing and all within an hour radius of each other. And, um, I was going to head down there regardless, but then as we got closer, um, Matt and Tia, they, they, they didn't want any media there. And then, um, mayhem, they decided to keep theirs internalized as well. So, but fortunately Brooke was all about us, about me coming down. So I was like, great, I'll come down to, I'll go down there, get a weekend away from St. Louis, hang out in Nashville. I got to hang out with, I stayed with Deborah Stadler, uh, Stadler who's a, a fellow judge and one of my good friends. So she was actually judging Haley. Um, so because she lives in that area. So I just hung out there at her place and then got to hang out with Brooke and it was great. And then, um, as we got that, that Sunday, um, our editor got a phone call from O'Keefe and O'Keefe's like, Hey, um, you know, Matt and Tia, um, they, they, you know, they, they're open for interviews if you guys want to interview them. And he, I think originally we thought like a phone interview, just getting some comments, but then, um, Joe, our editor, is like, Patrick's an hour away. Um, he's got his camera with him. He can drive on over and do a sit-down with him. And O'Keefe's like, yeah, let's do it. So, um, yeah, I, I, it, was, it, it got me by surprise, one, that they would trust me to do that, and two, that um, I wouldn't think – I wouldn't <laughs> – I've interviewed him plenty of times, but an actual sit-down on-camera interview, I, what a way to kind of like, you know – you know, I guess, you know, just, yeah, to start off, I was expecting <laughs> different. So, because really you've been known as the, the writer, yes. right? Or the photographer for Morning Chuck Up. And right. now all of a sudden, boom, you're, you're taking Tommy's role or, you know. <laughs> no, not even close. Uh, <laughs> not even close. Uh, no, it was, it was great. I mean, I remember driving there. I was kind of like, you know, I was like, okay you know, coming up with ideas. And that, that's what I love about Justin and Joe and work for the Morning Chalked Up is that they, they, they're allowing us to be, to come up with our own voice, do our own style. And at the time I didn't really have a style. I still don't really even have a style that I'm working on because we all have our different type of styles. Um, so when we got there, luckily I've, I've met with, I've dealt with Matt and Tia. Um, O'Keefe was there and, you know, it was just great just sitting down. And with me, all I, I, I knew that Matt is a great storyteller. Um, you just got to lead him, give him the questions and let him go. And the same with Tia, Tia, they're both, they're both just so, they're so similar in that style. So that's, that was my goal was basically just asking questions and let them tell the story. And for them, for me, for O'Keefe and for them to open up their home to allow me to do that right after they did stage one, it was uh, definitely a highlight in my, uh, in my journalistic career. And um, yeah, and this is, and that, that goes back to my days in ESPN and working in sports and stuff like that. But that, that was something that I'll cherish. And, you know, I was just very fortunate that I, I got to interview two people like that who are such high quality, not only athletes, but great people on top of that. And it was, it was fun and, you know, it, it was cool. And I hope to do more like that. And, you know, you know, yeah. Right place, right time, huh? Basically it. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of been the story of my life. Uh, 
the last and cross when it comes to CrossFit, just being the right person, right time. There you go. Well, we, we haven't seen you on the podcast in a little bit. It's been super hectic for all of us. And I definitely want to give you a chance to talk about that and, and tell us the story behind the story. Uh, Cause I thought that was pretty cool. So, yeah. Um, and so they're, they're like I said, people, they're, they're amazing people, Matt and Tia, they, what you see, that's them. They're genuine. They, they're, they're, they're just so great. And, um, and that's what I love it. That's what makes them such, such great ambassadors of the sport is that, you know, they're, they're, they're not putting on a show. That's who they are. And um, hopefully one of these days, hopefully soon, you'll be, you'll get the opportunity to do that and talk to them as well and see that yourself. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So I'm going to, I'm going to skip to our stupid questions of the week at this point. Um, And so this week we, we lost an icon um, with Alex Trebek. Uh, You know, his family doesn't want anybody to say he lost his battle with, with prostate cancer because he fought it hard and, and stayed alive for a very long time. Um, But he uh, passed this weekend and, you know, Jeopardy has been an icon in my household since I was a little kid and Alex Trebek was the host uh, and he was amazing. So my first stupid question of the week is what was your favorite game show of all time? Amy? Double Dare from Nickelodeon. Ooh, that's a good one. That is a good one. The slime. It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I love that show. I, I, I was a little bit older when it came on. So it, like the reality of me ever being on was not there until they did family double dare. But I remember coming home from school, going into the, the one room, having an after school snack, which would be a little Debbie's fudge round <laughs> and watching double dare after school. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Patrick, what's yours? A uh, wheel of fortune. Um, I mean, it's so funny. You can't bring up, Jeopardy without bringing up Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just remember kind of like getting back from school and sitting around with my dad and kind of watching that with him. And we did the same with Jeopardy as well. But um, yeah, I think my first crush had to have been Vanna White. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, I think that was, that was a lot of people's first crushes, you I know? I think so. Yeah. And I then think there's still, she's still a crush of many. Oh, Beyond yeah. first. Sure. Uh, and then just, uh, you know, of course, yeah, and then having Pat Sajak there, and I was like, oh, there, you know, that was literally the first Patrick I ever met, and I never met him, but I was like, oh my god, you know, that guy has my name, and it was just kind of cool. So that was that was that was my favorite show. And ABC is bringing Wheel of Fortune to prime time. I don't know if you heard, yeah. uh, bigger cash prizes and going prime time. Good for them. So um, I wrestled with this a lot. This was a tough question for me because my family are game show junkies. One, you get one. Absolute junkies. You get and one. So my favorite of all time, Let's and this see. is tough. Tic Tac Doe. Never heard of mm. it. Wink Martindale. Wow. Back in the day, you had to. There were like trivia categories in a in a tic tac toe board, and you had to answer it correctly to get your X or your O in that in that box. And the first person to get a tic tac toe. <laughs> won the dough and so it was uh uh so that was that was probably my favorite of all time because as a kid i was able to compete for some reason with my parents 
because there was more pop culture questions than like Jeopardy history and opera and stuff that I would never be able to answer. Uh, this actually gave me a realistic shot. That's awesome. That's a, that's, that's a really good choice right there. Wouldn't have thought of that either. It's been a while since I've heard that. Well, and it's the best, it's the best host name ever. Wink Martindale is the perfect game show host name. And supermarket sweep is sweep is awesome. Yeah. Stop it! You just tried to slide in a second one right there. There it is. You you knew he had to do it. I know he had, it. He just can't. Well, I've talked about that one on this show so much. But anyway, so um, my next question to you guys is: As Black Friday approaches, you know you're you're starting to see everybody gear up for that Black Friday holiday deal on everything. You know we're CrossFitters. What do we love the most in life is CrossFit gear. And so this, if you could have anything on your wish list, this on this Black Friday, what piece of equipment would you want to have? Patrick? Um, shoot, after hearing Brian talk that and showing off that rope, that, that, that rope's pretty nice. Um, but um, I'll probably end up getting that. Um, shoot, today I was on Rogue today. And I bought some stuff because they had a Veterans Day special for veterans. I actually, they actually even had dumbbells. So um, that's off the list now. Uh, I had, I own a rower, so I probably, I hate to say it because I hate the thing, but I think if I had it, I would probably use it more often. It would probably be a Rogue Echo bike. And um, I know I hate those things, but I have a feeling if I had one home. I'd probably sit in front of the TV and just just yeah. burn out some calories. Just get get used to that, and you know, I don't know. I don't think you truly ever get used to an echo bike, but you know. And yeah. one thing, I almost got one uh, two years ago at Rogue. I was one person away from winning it when they had the the volunteer the volunteer um, 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 raffle. And me being a gentleman, I'm not going to say her name, but I let her go ahead of me. And she ended up winning it with the raffle ticket that I should have gotten. And she couldn't take it back to Brazil with her. So she sold it. And I was like, you should have just gave it to me because it should have yeah. been mine anyways. But anyways. Amy? So mine's not going to be CrossFit specific. It's going to be fitness related. A shake weight? What? A shake weight? No. It's going to be new hiking boots. Okay. That is not CrossFit. I ju did I say it's not CrossFit specific? It's fitness specific. Or a CrossFit podcast, Amy. Excuse me. You took the name out of the title. All right. <laughs> so say what CrossFit item you would want for Christmas. Maybe Black. I'm going to do CrossFit in my hiking boots. Okay. See you at the gym tomorrow. With some overhead squats of a tree limb or something. Some Lucas Parker stuff right there. Yeah. yeah. On a paddleboard. Yeah. There you go. I'm done. Got it. Well, Patrick took mine. Oh. Because well. mine was a Rogue Echo bike. Well, but, they can, we can have a, what they call those dual, maybe Rogue should make a dueling one, like a, a, a a tandem? A, tandem? a tandem echo bike. So what I'll say is um, I love the concept of 
the airbag, jumping airbag for my, my double unders. Yeah. You know, with all the stuff I've gone through with my legs, mm -hmm. that might be a good way to get back into double unders. Yep. Yeah. So I'm going to switch to the RX Smart Gear airbag for double unders. And don't forget Clydesdale 15 to get 15% off anything in the store. Shameless Except. <laughs> Except new releases and special new editions. Release. All right. So those were the stupid questions. Um, next week's guest. Man, this is, this is almost as hard as the damn stupid questions now. Because we have so many in the, in the bank. Uh, we have been killing it the last couple of weeks. Uh, but I'm going to release our friend, Margot Alvarez. Margot. And so this is the second time she's been on the show, uh, but we got into completely different things and more, a lot about her like business mindset and why she does what she does business wise. Um, I, I may have um, fawned over her business mind a couple times as a fanboy, but you'll have to check out the episode to see if that is true or not. And I, I don't know if you can see over my shoulder, the goat wine other side oh goat. the goat wine yeah I'll yeah the goat wine. and the poster over there yeah and the poster there and your picture yeah. there we go i see them both yeah and the uh cheerston wine too over here mm -hmm. right there uh so can't wait till we have a outing as a podcast team because that's when we're going to crack those open and uh drink up so yeah, Margot, it's a great interview. It's actually the one we've done the, the longest time ago. And so that's kind of why I'm putting that one out. Uh, we have a couple more games related ones, but I'm just going to take a break from that for a week. And uh, we'll do Margot next week and then back into a couple of the games related ones. And just to tease that, maybe a podium finisher on the men's side for the week after. Hmm. Just Maybe saying. that will uh, appear in morning chalk up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So, so yeah. And then just so you know, Thanksgiving week, we're releasing two interviews uh, because Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, we're not going to get together for a round table. We're going to spend that with our family um, and we'll just release another interview that day. And that will be a CrossFit OG. Yep. So another male. Since Margo is a female, we're going to go two males the following week. CrossFit OG may have lived in Cookville for a little bit of time. Just saying. All right. So last thing, the thing we love the most, uh, best thing from the internet. Amy. Okay. This is personal. You know, I'm going to talk oh. about sh my schmoopy. Well, they just released the Ohio, the OCC, Ohio Capital Conference Football Awards. And my son was listed as first team for, the, for his division. So we were pretty excited because, again, we didn't even know if he was going to have a season. And then to, to receive the award was really exciting. So that was on the Internet. So I get to say that. And just I never got to say this on air. Kat is not with us tonight because her son is signing his letter of intent uh, to play at William and Mary. 
Yep. William and Mary. William and Mary uh, to be a pitcher for their baseball team. Uh, and so they are in Atlantic City uh, for that signing tonight. Yeah. Um, and that's why she could not be with us. So, Patrick, best thing from the internet? Um, the best thing. Um, actually, it came on right before uh, – I saw it right before I came on the show today. Um, so if you go to Reebok, their Instagram, they have a video up. Um, it's a Veterans Day video, like memorial clip. Um, but – for and this is my my plea for our your followers and my followers is that um that they share or repost that um video that clip off the Reebok uh Instagram page because for every person that does that the Reebok will donate five dollars to the uh Navy SEAL Foundation. Wow. So awesome. Um, I saw that my uh my good friend Ari Hurst who works for Reebok Global. Mm-hmm. Um she posted it and I saw that and then I reposted it. So if, uh, if you haven't reposted or saw it, go ahead and do that. Because like I said, Reebok's going to donate five, uh, five, five dollars up to $25,000 towards the Navy SEAL foundation. So that's probably the best thing I saw because it's a really cool video too. It's they, obviously they do a really good job with that. So, and being a veteran myself, I take that, take that to heart. So first I'm, I'll do that as soon as I get off the air. Uh, I'll go ahead and f- I'll, do what I need to forward that or share it or whatever I need to do. Uh, second, that is a tough act to follow. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I have two really short ones um, because I just can't help myself. Um, and I always take two in case someone takes one of mine. But the first one is really quick. If you have not seen, so the Buttery Bros ran a promo where people could do their own opening for the Buttery Bros and the best one won like a bigger Reebok package. Their wives, well, not wives yet. Caitlin. Partners, just partners. Uh, and and uh, Jenna. Jenna did an opening that was so freaking good. I think they deserve a full episode. And they're asking at the end of the last episode if we believe they deserve a full episode. So please vote yes. <laughs> Jenna out Hebert Heber and that promo. It was awesome. Uh, and so I got to give kudos to that. And Jenna's a past guest and I love her. She is so awesome uh, in what she's doing with her life. And then the other one is just a quickie. Danny Broflex's new episode, Fitness Influencer, probably the best episode of the new season. If you have not seen it, uh, it is him influencing on what you should eat, drink, take, whatever. And it's all swipe up, swipe up. (laughs) After every product he wants to endorse. Uh, It is awesome. So that pretty much concludes our episode. Don't forget hashtag road to a thousand. Uh, We get to 200. We're at 178 subscribers right now. So we only need 22 more subscribers to get to 200 and that will be our first giveaway. And then we'll move to 300. That'll be the next giveaway. We are going to record some promos this weekend. So to tell you more about that giveaway, but make sure your YouTube profile is public. So I can see who you are. Tell your friends, your family, your neighbors, everybody to subscribe so that you get a better chance at winning an RX gear, original jump rope. 
and it's free. You don't even have to pay anything. Just have to hit a button. And like Cat always says, we don't even care if you hit the notifier. It'd be <laughs> nice if you did, because then you could see when we have some really cool content coming out. But if you just have to hit the subscribe button, that's it. Yeah. I won't even be bothered by that. And don't forget to like, subscribe, all that kind of stuff, whether you're listening on audio or on YouTube, uh, because that really does help the algorithms. It helps us out uh, to kind of get that up. And uh, with that, we'll see you next time on the Cladsdale Fitness and Friends. Bye. Peace. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. Remember, you can find us now on YouTube as well as all major podcast platforms. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.